Triple M. Taste the Perth glory. Hear the Brisbane roar. For Hyundai A-League, fan-made. Get behind your local club. It's the Four Diegos on Triple M. Please, a big Four Diegos welcome to SBS Chief Football Analyst Craig Foster. Thanks for joining us, Fozzie. That's okay, guys. My pleasure. My, I'm, I'm Carlos Alberto Diego. Uh, first up, uh, let's talk the Asian Cup. Uh, it was a gutsy win by the boys last night against Iraq. Uh, one game now away from the final. Can the boys go all the way and win this uh, Yum Cha Cup? Well, there's no question they can. Um, we'll need a bit of luck along the way, but that's always the case. Uh, we had a little bit last night, but as you said, the spirit within there. And each each game they find someone else to step up. You know, Yedinak in the last game, this time Harry, that's all good signs. Uh, Ognowski, you know, had a fantastic game last night and, you know, I think he's, to some degree, he's proved me wrong. I wasn't, whilst I didn't really say publicly, I was a bit sceptical. I just wasn't sure if he could step up to that higher level and each game has improved, was fantastic in the game last night, as was Matty Mackay. So it's a question, I guess, of uh, preparation for the next game. Uzbekistan have looked very strong um, and we have one day less, of course. Also injuries and we'll see how Timmy is and everything. But the experience in the side now of tournaments is is greater than any team we've ever put on the park. Uh, and these guys are capable of winning it for sure. Fozzie Cactus here, mate. Now, we were the better team last night, but we're missing a bit of a cutting edge up front. We're not putting away our chances or even a, even a, a large percentage of our chances. Now, this could mean the difference between winning and losing the competition in the end. Do we need to live with this a bit, or is there a prolific, potent prong out there ready to come to the fore? <laughs> I'm not sure about a prong, but uh, look, I can't see one right now. And certainly, if you're going to bring one of the younger guys through, it's too late. That that had to happen in the last eight, nine games. So this is what it is. Uh, the positive for me was that we're only going back six months, and we used to create very few opportunities. Um, and thankfully, we generally took them. If you remember the Bahrain game when Bresch scored basically our only chance in the whole game, a bunch of those, we'd create three and win 2-0. Uh, now they're at least creating more than what we did only just a few months ago. So there's a much more aggressive mindset. They're, they're far higher up the park, uh, defending much higher, um, taking the initiative much more. In, in terms of possessing the ball, I think we're not quite where we'd all like to see it. But certainly uh, he's got them playing, I think, more in a style that at least we're enjoying. If they're creating chances, eventually Holman's going to put one away that he had. Matty Mackay was on his right foot, not his left. Nevertheless, had a fantastic game. He'll score something on his left. So my concern is only when I sit and see a defensive performance with very few chances rather than what I saw last night. Now, Craig, it's Rodrigo Rodriguez here. Now, um, you called for Pim Verbeek sacking because he basically played with a prongless formation after the Germany game where we lost uh, 4-0 at the World Cup. At what point uh, do we sack Holger Osik or uh, is he safe in this tournament? (laughs) Uh, Why are you suggesting it's prongless? (laughs) I'm suggesting, well, it's prongful at the moment, so uh, we're kind of happy. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, my view is, and has always remained the same, that Australia has to play in a certain way, and that's not only for results, and I think it suits us the way we're playing now. I'd like to see us go higher up the park and fully press, but you know, perhaps uh, Aussie's going to bring that in time. Don't forget, Verbeek had the team for a full two years, uh, and he took the team backwards. This guy's taken them forwards in only three or four months, so I give him tremendous credit for that. Uh, there's two reasons. One, I believe that... Uh, psychologically or culturally, we're a country that has to be on the front foot and we want to attack. Uh, as the great Aussie saying goes, you know, you, you have to have a go and we don't want to die wondering. We certainly did that against Germany. 
But more broadly, I believe fundamentally that within Australia, for the game to get where we all want this game that we love to be, it's no good sitting back and playing on the counter-attack. Uh, if I wasn't a football devotee, I certainly wouldn't enjoy watching it. I don't think most of Australia did. The crowd showed that uh, when Baker was in charge. So it wasn't just around the approach to the German match, although it was very much there. It was, it was more in terms of the way that we have to play as a nation, and you know, I can't accept us ever playing second best, regardless of who it's against. Here on the 40 Diego's Across Australia, you're listening to a special soft sombrero moment with SBS commentator Craig Foster. Now, Fozzie, it's Cactus again, mate. You must have been proud of the Saudi FA uh, <laughs> during the past week or two. They sacked their manager after the first one, and after their first game, and then sacked their, man- their second manager after the third game. I must admit, that's a hell of an effort. That's, kind of, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's taking it to the extreme, but yeah, that's, uh, credit to them. Uh, it's a fantastic effort that's unlikely to ever be replicated. <laughs> so you don't think you've got a career there, Fozzie? Um, mate, look, I'll tell you what, I could quite possibly get a position on their board if that's the way they're yeah, uh, Mate, I'm waiting for the call. Uh, the, the line's open any time. <laughs> now, Craig, um, the Melbourne Heart uh, victory game last night, and I, uh, unfortunately the story, the story that seems to be making the headlines is the tackle by Kevin Musket on young Adrian Zara. Now, you know Muskie well. You're a teammate. You spent a lot of time with him. You know, when we see the violence he uh, perpetrated on the field last night, you know, and in the past, the question we ask is why, as a fundamentally good footballer, does he need to do that sort of stuff? Now, can you shed some light on this issue? No. Um, Essentially, (laughs) what you're saying is the question we ask. uh, And there's no answer. The only person who knows the answer is Kevin himself. I spoke to him this afternoon. Uh, clearly, in my job in the media, I'm, I'm, I'm required to commentate on it. I have plenty of opinions, as you guys know, as do, as do all of you. That's part of football, an important part. But it's no good giving opinions when it's good issues and, and then going away when it's a poor one. He's a former teammate of mine. I know him extremely well. I consider him a friend. But I called him today and said, you, have, you understand, and he knows this, that uh, as former teammates, we're in a difficult position because we can't support his behaviour on the park. It doesn't matter who does it, uh, whether it's me or anyone else. It's an unacceptable tackle. He went way too far. We're all extremely concerned about this kid. I told Kevin that. And, you know, I cannot support the way he's conducted himself on that occasion. As I got, the great paradox of Muskie is that off the park, he couldn't find a nicer guy or a more fantastic uh, teammate. It's just one of those things in life. I, I, uh, I equate it to, you know, if you have someone in your family, uh, a brother or sister, if you like, uh, who let's say, has done something, you know, whether they broke the law or whatever it is that you can't condone. Uh, it's a very difficult situation and you have to tell them, um, we support you, but I don't support your behaviour. Um, and he shouldn't have done it. It's unacceptable. And he has to cop what I think should be a lengthy ban. I don't think it's a one-week ban. I think it's a, an awful, awful tackle. Um, so, again, I've made that clear to Kevin as a friend, uh, as did, I think, Bozza last night on the, uh, on the, uh, on, on the box. And Muskie said to me, look, I understand that. I understand the position you guys are in. I know that I was wrong. I feel sorry for the kid. I've made that clear publicly. Um, and, um, you know, he's going to try and catch up with the kid in the, the next couple of days. Uh, it's a very sad situation from the two aspects, from the kid. And I had a similar tackle when I was 15, put me out for a couple of years. I know what it's like. I'm pleased to hear that um, young Adrian uh, may not be as bad as what we'd all feared. Uh, but at the same time, it's sad for Kevin because he's had a wonderful career, but he sours it, you know, with this type of conduct on the park.
Well, it's in the twilight of his career too, Fozzie, is that the question will be asked, how will he be remembered? This is a guy who played over 50 times for Australia. Some of the best performances. He, I mean, he captained overseas clubs as an Australian guy. I mean, this guy is no uh, dud footballer. He can play, and uh, he's probably, arguably, probably the most influential player since uh, version one of the A-League, uh, and, you know, one that Melbourne Victory has built their team around. Uh, how will he be remembered when he hangs up the boots in, in five or six or ten weeks' time? Well, you know, that's, that can only be a matter for the public and as to how they're going to look at it. Um, it that's what saddens me, is that he's a, a guy that has captained the country at every different level uh, and has really had a hugely decorated career. Uh, but he has this element within him that, and, you know, he's, he has done it before, where he can cross the line and he knows it's wrong. Why he does it, I don't know. I don't think he could explain it to you. Uh, but he is, one thing about him is he has to and he will stand up and accept his punishment and I think it needs to be a lengthy one. Um, the issue for me is also, whilst he has to accept total responsibility and he does, uh, the issue is around the, the Melbourne victory and the culture that they have there. I think it's totally wrong and I'd be questioning the club and that is in one game, in one derby, you're being outplayed and you should have had three red cards. The tackle by Bredner was a disgrace. Uh, the uh, elbow by Alsop was also shocking. It was a straight red card. Uh, and, uh, of course, Muskie's tackle was absolutely shocking. So the, the, they're a team that has the capacity to do that. And I don't hear the club coming out and saying, well, we don't accept this. It's not a, a good model for the kids who we're trying to uh, uh, you know, bring into our club and about the, the better aspects of the game that we all love. So they should be questioned. Uh, and you know, he has to stand up, and he will. Uh, but it simply can't be condoned, and it's, the whole the whole episode is just extremely sad. It's a shame that those incidents, you know, being uh, the ones that have been highlighted today, because really the festival of football yesterday, the Melbourne Derby, is something that we've all been waiting to see. Now, you know, think about the rest of the game, the showpieces that we need. You know, can we see something similar if we get another team out of Western Sydney? Oh, geez, up here to be. It'd be every bit as big. In fact, but the difference is, whereas Victory were re- really did a fantastic job off the park there and on in terms of their success in the first few years in what should have been a tough market, but they really cracked it very early. Uh, the difference is up here, you all, there's a feeling we almost need a derby in order to assist Sydney FC to really you know, get something happening because uh, in the last couple of years they've been absolutely shocking. Um, on the park have been fine, or certainly last year, but off the park they've been absolutely awful. Lack of strategy, lack of brand, not really knowing what they are. They seem to be starting to pull themselves together. Let's hope they do. Uh, but a derby up here would be a huge boost to football in the city. But it's a great challenge for everyone. Adelaide are also doing a really fantastic job down there. You know, what are they getting? 13 plus thousand. Fantastic atmosphere, full houses at Hindmarsh. People wanting to go. It's a ticket that, you know, is a, is, is a hotly a sought-after ticket to go to an Adelaide uh, United game, and that's fantastic. For the rest of us, Sydney, well behind. A lot of work to do. Shocking performance off the park in the last couple of years. Up in Brisbane, fantastic football from Ange. Uh, the crowd's starting to come up, so there's some really good signs, but there's no doubt Melbourne are really leading the way. To, what, to sit in Sydney and watch that game on there and see the atmosphere, hear the singing, was really a, a, a wonderful thing. Well, thanks for joining us today, Fozzie. Uh, 
have no doubt that Diego's full weight of uh, of you know of power and uh, influence is going to be putting you in place of the Saudi Arabian coach, uh, <laughs> you know, for the next uh, World Cup qualifying series. And we want to see you sack uh, sack the coaches with gay abandon when you get that job. Look, I, I'll tell you. So I'll make a pledge to you. You guys get me in there on the board. You get in contact, and uh, and I can tell you now that I'll go one further than what they've done in this tournament. Which really, <laughs> let's face it, on the face of it, it's a pretty damn poor effort, wasn't it? I mean, there was three group games after it. <laughs> be three coaches. Actually, you know, one step further would be hiring the Four Diego's as a four-pronged coaching attack there for Saudi Arabia. But, mate, thanks for joining us again today. My pleasure. That was a special soft sombrero, mate, with SBS football commentator Craig Foster. Triple M.